1: All right, welcome back. Zazzle, Roms, and Amber here. And uh, always like being joined by one of the great warriors in Miami Heat history, Brian Grant, joins us in the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Store's guest line. Truly steps beyond convenience. Good to talk to you again, Brian. And we know uh, you're going to be down here coming up on next weekend, April 1st, Saturday night, April 1st. It is the uh, Shake It Till We Make It Miami. It's a benefit for the Brian Grant Foundation. And you can check out for info and tickets. Go to briangrant.org slash Miami uh Brian obviously let's start with that okay continuing to 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 do great work uh battling Parkinson's disease correct
2: yeah we are you know uh what my foundation does is we focus on uh, nutrition exercise and um and uh, nutri- and uh, wellness uh through our programs we have uh several programs we've put out one is our cooking classes that we put out for people who have Parkinson's which are actually very good for just anybody you don't have to have Parkinson's but the, the ingredients have key uh, nutrients in them, which are very good for Parkinson's patients uh, we have a boot camp called the Brian Grant Power 4 boot camp that we do we have our power through program which is a, another exercise program that we take nationally like last summer and um we do wellness retreats where we bring in caregivers and caregivers learn more about what the patients go through. But on the flip side, patients learn more about what their caregivers are going through on their end with uh, someone with Parkinson's.
0: Brian, last time we talked to you, I told you about my father-in-law and I have a personal stake in the whole Parkinson's battle. What stage yeah. are you in right now? What uh, And how long have you been battling this?
2: I've been battling it since... Probably 2007, when, right right after I retired and I moved back to Sacram. I mean Portland. Excuse me, fellas. Moved back to Miami. I don't know where I'm at half the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, moved back to Miami, and I, I went through nine months of deep, dark depression, and it was it was really heavy, but you know, I was expecting to go through some depression because most athletes, after they retire, especially at 34 or 35, go through depression. But I knew it was something different, and then after that, I started figuring I had a tremor in my hand. I didn't know what was happening. I moved back to Portland and I finally went to OHSU out here and I was diagnosed with, with young onset Parkinson. So probably had symptoms all the way back to 2005, but it wasn't diagnosed until right around 2008. I think, so uh,
1: I, I, th- I think the last time we spoke with you was before Muhammad Ali's passing. Did you have much of a relationship with Muhammad Ali? Did you speak to him at all?
2: You know when I when I met the champ, he, you know he wasn't able to speak. It was just mainly looks and gestures and waves and things like that. He had he hadn't been able to speak for some time, but I I, I got really close to his caregiver, uh, Lonnie and Marilyn Ali. Lonnie was his wife and Marilyn was his uh, steps stepsister. Um, so I really got an opportunity to you know get close to them and really just learn about his journey through Parkinson's and, you know, some of the things that uh, they were doing, some of the treatments that they'd done. And, um, that you know, that was pretty much it. And as far as uh, being able to communicate with him, I wasn't able to. I wish I had met him earlier.
1: Well, Brian Grant is going to be down here, okay, Saturday night, April 1st. Shake it till we make it Miami. A bunch of his friends are going to be there, including Alonzo Mourning, and it benefits the uh, the Brian Grant Foundation. Now, uh, Sweet 16, okay, NCAA Tournament, Xavier. <laughs> you're one of the all-time great Xavier men's basketball players. Are are you into this? Xavier in Arizona, are you dialed into these
2: games? Well, I'll be dialed into that one for sure. I'll, I'll definitely be dialed into that one. And, you know, most people counted this out because our you know, our main guy went down this year uh to injury but uh, guys really stepped up and, and, I, and i think chris mack's doing a, a, a great job with that program ever since he's been there we've, we've always made the tournament it's never been a question would we be in the tournament but how far can we go i think if we can get past arizona and make it to the elite eight now you know, you, it's, it's you, our- you,
1: you made the tournament uh, at least a couple of times when you were in school right twice three times
2: yeah, the first time I made it, we went to the uh, 32, but then we had to play Indiana in Indianapolis at the uh, Dome. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it, it was it was a little lopsided. And then uh, we went again. Uh, I think my junior year and then senior year we were in IT.
1: So what was it like so, when when you're in the tournaments? Okay, uh, I mean, are you are these kids nervous? Are they extra nervous in these games? Or by middle of the game, can you block it out and they just wind up playing their game?
2: I I mean, for me, uh, my freshman year, when we went my freshman year, it was like going from playing, you know, the colleges and then we went to Minnesota into the big dome. And it was just surreal. You know, I, I think for me, I was scared to death out there on the court. But I, after going up and down the court and getting elbowed a couple of times, it's was like, all right, let's get it on.
1: <laughs> you know, players talk about the depth perception when you play in a dome like that and how it's weird when you're shooting and because the crowd is so far back from behind the basket. Is that an actual thing that the depth perception with the hoop, it can mess you up a little bit when you're shooting the basketball?
2: Absolutely. I don't think... I think in my career we might have won uh, six games in uh, San Antonio when they played at that big dome. Alamo Dome, I mean, yeah. It was just crazy. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, so so it does make it more difficult for these kids as well.
2: Wow. It does. It wow. does. I mean, to somebody like me who's not used to shooting jumpers all day, all night, I take a jumper, man. I'm gonna either. Clanking into the backboard or, or come up short, but you know somebody like Ray Allen, he just adjusts.
1: Yeah, yeah, on the fly. Yeah, we got uh, we got Brian Grant here with us, uh, one of the all-time uh, most popular Miami Heat players. And you know, I'm sure you you see what's going on in the league today, where uh, a popular topic of conversation has been you got a lot of the star players, 82 game season, the schedule's a grind, and a lot of these guys have taken games off. Okay, they're resting. Uh, Brian Grant never rested during a season, correct?
2: Uh, only if I couldn't walk. <laughs> only if I couldn't walk. But you know, it's, it's a different league now. It's um, it's not the same. I think back when I was playing, and bef- before that, if 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 your star, two or two or three year star athletes took a night off, you know they'd be jeopardizing a, a, a win or or a loss that night because even though teams weren't, I think the teams were a little bit more evened out. I mean, if you look at Golden State and you look at Cleveland, they they can almost afford to do it with over half the teams in the league because they got guys that can still get it done. But I think the talent was spread out a little bit more evenly, and there was a little bit more pride. Like if they took if guys would have took a night off on us, we'd have just went out to try to beat them up just for doing it, whether we won or not.
0: But Brian, you have to agree That's that there is. is there is some some sort of pecking order in that locker room where if your star player wants to sit out a night, it's almost like the team has to deal with the maturity level of those other players that aren't such superstars as the one guy that wants to sit out and be able to handle it and not sit there and look at that person with malice and be like, well, I want a night off. Why can't I get a night off?
2: True. I mean, but then you got coaches like uh, Popovich. I mean, he's a great coach. and I mean, they can take a night off and guys can step up and step into that opportunity for the night. And all of a sudden, guys are like, Man, I didn't know that cat could play like that. Right. Of course they can, they just know that they're playing behind, you know, the starters who are usually not going to take nights off.
1: You know, I think a lot yeah. of fans Brian, they 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 see the players who who complain about the travel and the schedule, and they figure that you guys, uh, you all have uh, uh, beds that you're sleeping on, on these airplanes, okay, and, uh, you know, you're being fed, uh, you know, grapes by the, the stewardesses, okay, while you're lying down, and then, you know, it's it's the most luxurious kind of travel possible, and, and you could probably attest, uh, it, it's not quite that simple, it's still tiring for you guys when you're
2: traveling, Right. Yeah, I mean, the accommodations are good, I won't lie, they're very good, but you, you still got to go up and there. you still got to come down, you still got to deal with your knees and ankles swelling uh, from from the travel, um, sometimes you get in at 2.30, 3 in the morning, depending on if you're going from east to west or west to east, and let's face it, I mean, if, back when I was playing, if we were able to rest our guys like that, we'd have probably done it too, you know, we'd have probably done it too, but I, like I said, I think that, the talent level was a little bit more evened out, and uh, you know, games there weren't teams that were just so much more dominant than everybody else, like Cleveland and uh, Golden State. I mean, they're just dominant teams in the league, and that's just how it is. And in San Antonio as well.
0: Right, but we can both agree that baseball players, there's no need at all for a night off, correct?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, now I don't really know. There's, I mean, they play a lot of games, but you they know, they do a lot players get to fly into a city and stay there for like three or four days. I think. Yeah, not in it we're in and out.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're doing a lot of standing around in the outfield, a lot of sitting in the dugout. It's tough
0: to chew seeds and tobacco and spit and then once in a while get up and and walk all the way out to
1: right field. It's it's a daunting task sometimes. It's difficult. <laughs> you know, Brian, you know? you're uh, you're one of the Miami Heat teams that you played on. Okay, and we've talked about this before. That that team in, in 2004, it was Dwayne Wade's rookie year, uh, Udonis Haslam's rookie year. Uh, that that Heat team is is a very popular and beloved Heat team even to this day. And this year's, I don't know how close you've been following this year's Heat team, but this year's Heat team is getting some comparisons. To that team that you played on, because of the slow start that you guys got off on, and then finishing the season strong and just being an exciting young ball club, have you noticed much of that?
2: You guys are—you have an exciting young ball team, and uh, the, the, the big man in the middle, man, he's getting it done. Uh, I saw when they came out here to Portland, they—they they actually got the win, and um, I, you know, I'm impressed. I'm always impressed with everything that you know, Coach Sposter's done. When I was there, he was an assistant coach. And ever since he's taken over, I think he's done a, a, a really good job. Um, I think uh, we were just in town, though. Dane Lillard just went off. Yeah,
1: yeah, 49 when he goes points, off, it's hard to man. Beat the,
2: I mean, it's hard to beat the Blazers when, when he's going off like that, man.
1: Yeah, 49 points from that guy. I mean, he's he's uh, he's one of the more unstoppable players in the league, Brian.
2: He is. You know, he's, he hasn't been on the All-Star team for the past two years. He's got, he's got a little bit that he's – trying to prove out there and i think he's proved it you know night in and night out especially since the all-star break but you know i just i just love watching good competition it, it, it's a little different than it used to be when i played but still i like watching good competition out there
0: i don't know if you heard but last night the big fella actually broke ronnie cycli's record and i'm not sure if you knew but i heard ronnie threw something at his tv and broke his tv because he was so upset
2: it <laughs> <laughs> hope it wasn't a turntable <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go,
1: DJ Ronnie nah, Cyclicly. The there you go.
2: Yeah, he's one of the top DJs in the world. Yep. There you go. He's you into that? You're gonna, you're gonna.
1: You're gonna make it to Ultra. You coming down for Ultra, Brian? Uh, don't know if
2: I'll be able to make it down for that. <laughs> yeah. <Cool. laughs> I'd like to.
1: <laughs> what? Uh, what was it? Did you enjoy? Because uh, Kobe Bryant. Okay, Kobe Bryant. This is the first year the league has been without Kobe Bryant <laughs> in like 20 years. Did you like playing with Kobe? What was it like playing with Kobe Bryant?
2: You know what? It was interesting playing with him, getting to know him that that year. You know, because I was like the the old vet on the team, and uh, you know when we go to other cities, he would actually come out with us a little bit. So it, it was really interesting getting to know him. He uh, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. He's a very focused individual, man. I tell you, I thought I was strong when I, when we got there, me Lamar and uh, Karan, and you know he kind of challenged me to a lift off on the uh, uh, lap pool. So, I, you know, I put almost three-quarters of the weight on there, pulled it down, and I said, do that. And he puts all the weight on there, pulls it down, and goes, "Now you do that. And I go, you got me. Wow, wow. <laughs> so he's a lot stronger than yeah. he looks. No, nah, he's he's very strong, very strong, very determined. And the thing I respect about him is he was the first person in the gym every day and was the last person to leave. That's like no joke. I, you know, I, after a while, I thought, okay, maybe he's just trying to do that just to show us this and that and half the season going. He's still the first one here, still the last one in the league.
1: They don't, they don't make players like that anymore, right? With everyone shaking hands after the game, everyone goes out to dinner. I mean, you played with Kobe, you played with Alonzo Morning down here in Miami. Uh, players are much different today, huh?
2: They are, but you know, it's just the culture, man. Back then, I mean, we didn't have picture phones and all that other stuff. It was We had sales or beepers. It was like, hey, I'm coming to town. we we'll get here the night before. Someone's going to give me a call that I played with previously or that I know. And, you know, we'd all go to dinner and be a good time. But then when we hit that court, it was whatever, blood, sweat, tears, all that.
1: Yeah, man, you weren't helping anyone off the floor. Pat Riley would send out those fines from up top, right?
2: <laughs> no, yeah. We, we never, we never helped anybody up. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: look, uh, you could, you could benefit Brian Grant's foundation. Okay. Shake it till we make it Miami. Brian, a bunch of his friends Alonzo morning of course is going to be there Saturday night. April first. For more information and for tickets, BrianGrant.org/slash/Miami. Always good catching up with you, Brian. Uh, we wish you uh, we wish you best of health and best of luck with the foundation, man.
2: Guys, thank you so much for promoting us. I appreciate it. All thank right. you.
1: Take, take it easy, Brian. That's Brian Grant right there. One of uh, really one of my all time favorite Heat players. Uh, just that dude was undersized, and was tough man. I mean, he used to battle with the biggest dudes, and uh, was a really popular player when he played down here.
0: Now he's battling for his life with this disease, man. I, I see this disease daily on a regular basis, and it is one that is not to be trifled with at all. You know, aside from ALS, when you start dealing with Parkinson's, where it starts you know, creating a little bit of an issue in terms of your physical ability from holding things to even having a drink of water. And and when you are a world-class
1: athlete. And then
0: you accompany that with your mind starts to go a little bit, and you start to sl- sleep into a little bit of a... Uh, an Alzheimer's kind of state as well. It's just it's just really, really unfortunate, and I'm glad to hear that he's still doing well, uh, about as well as you could possibly do with having this disease for about 10 years. So um, definitely go in there and support Brian's foundation.
1: Yeah, always like talking to Brian Grant.